0: Hey everyone, welcome to Between Us, the podcast that dives deep into the inner workings of our relationships in order to help you live a more authentic and meaningful life. I'm your host, Shadman. Today on the show, I am so excited to be chatting with Olga Kirshenbaum. Olga is a money whisperer and founder of Rags to Riches Consulting working on empowering creatives to make money choices with confidence so they can unleash life's full potential. Olga is a published author of Shmoney Guide, Making Money Choices Doesn't Need to Be So Scary, focusing on personal finance advice, and also is the host of Nine Minutes of Creative Wisdom podcast, focusing on business and entrepreneurial advice. Olga, it's so so great to be chatting again.
1: Thanks so much for having me on Chadman.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, uh for the audience's context, Olga and I, we met actually as a result of another guest, Brendan on the podcast in episode 3. I was randomly one day scrolling on YouTube and I saw this video of Brendan speaking with Olga on her podcast, 9 minutes of creative wisdom, and I and I and I saw the episode and I'm like, "Whoa, this is a really cool, intriguing podcast idea where she basically speaks with creatives. And goes through a list of six questions in relation to money and just generally being a creative and kind of getting their insights in a very short time frame of nine minutes. Just because as Olga would say, you know, creators have a very short, you know, t- um, attention span. And so I, I kind of scrolled through some more videos uh, or more episodes rather of her podcast. and I'm like, whoa, is there a way like I could potentially get on this podcast? Like I'm interested in kind of like speaking with Olga a little bit more, learning about her background. And so we set something up where we chatted, I think it was on New Year's Eve 2020, and here we are again, kind of just, you know, sinking back up. And I'm really excited because I've always been intrigued by this idea of money personalities, which is this idea that, you know, each of us have our own tendencies when it comes to finances. And I think it kind of really stems from this idea of having a a background and interest in numbers just in general, but also kind of seeing how those numbers are colored by psychological tendencies which is where the money personalities comes into play and that's something that Olga has really delved deep into you know throughout her practice with her consulting practice and so today I'm really excited to be chatting with Olga about money personalities so that we can kind of break down this taboo topic when it comes to money and understanding what is our relationship really like with money how can we break past these limiting beliefs these barriers when it comes to money and so, you know, I, I couldn't think of anyone better than Olga when it came to this idea. Olga actually has a, has a blog post on her website that kind of speaks to these money personalities. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather just give it to Olga right now and let her kind of introduce kind of the ideas behind these money personalities.
1: Thank you so much, Shadman. Uh, that was a wonderful introduction. I... Want to say to start out with, I definitely didn't come up with these money personalities myself. I have sourced information from people who have done a lot of research in the topic, but something about the money personalities that really resonates with me and the way that I work with my clients and people to help them demystify the money puzzles in their lives is that Understanding where you are, understanding who you are and how you treat money is so much better off than any budget that you can implement. Implement It is so much better than anything that you can do. So the habit and the mindset that you have is so much better than what you're actually doing day to day. That's really what's been carrying me forward. And that's why I've been so interested with the money personalities in my work. Something about it is very fluid, which is how my work is. I'm, I have a holistic approach to how I work with my clients. It's never just about the tactics that you have or what you're doing. It's about what makes you stick step- And how do we make this work? And if you're doing that on just a habit level and not a mindset level, it's Mm. only going to stick halfway. So figuring out how do we make this an actionable thing in your life and make it stick is really how I resonate with people. And the money personalities really help me do that because they're very fluid. It's very easy to be in, for example, an avoider, depending on where you are in your life, you're trying to avoid the money puzzles in your life. It's very possible to also be a money slayer six months down the line, Mm -hmm. depending on where you are. And that's really how life is, you know, it's, we like to think that everything is black and white and everything (laughs) is just very explainable. But the reality is, life is fluid and Mm. things change constantly. You can be a money slayer today, and then something happens and gets you out of that mindset of abundance, and all of a sudden you're in scarcity, and all of a sudden you're avoiding the money puzzles in your life. It's very possible to be that same person in different points in your life. And that's why I really love the money personalities. It's not just about you need to have a budget.
2: Mm -hmm. It's -hmm. about,
1: let's see where you are. Let's have an honest conversation of what's happening. And maybe (laughs) you aren't where you were a month ago, but where are you? And have that conversation.
0: Right, right. And I really love how you framed it as this kind of fluid spectrum that isn't black and white, which is, I think, one of the reasons where the issue stems from when we talk about money it's like you either have it all you know set up perfectly or you don't whereas there there's a fluidity to it you can be a money monk you can be an avoider you can be a spender you can be a saver you can be a slayer and you know while i guess the ideal is the, of becoming a slayer you can then revert back to one of the other types of money personalities just like you mentioned as a result of you know life experiences kind of having you gravitate to another personality. And so it's a very fluid dynamic, which I think can really help people gain greater comfort around this idea of managing your personal finances and understanding that it's a process. It's an everlasting process and it's not just like a quick kind of, you know, steps A, B, and C. Okay, I am done. I have this thing all figured out now, which is, I think, such a great way to frame it. And so I'm kind of curious, kind of speaking from your own personal experiences, From you know your experiences as a as a kid and now you know as a young adult, you know, how did those influence your relationship and your perception when it came to money?
1: I think it's a very interesting question in regards to me personally, primarily because I am an immigrant from Russia. I was just talking to someone recently that like the amount of adversity that I faced in my life. I remember when I was five years old, I was living in a house with, it was like a two family home. Half of the home was occupied by gypsies. The other half was occupied by my family. And we didn't even have like running plumbing in the house. Um, having that experience definitely gives you kind of like a baseline of where you're at and where you're going to go. Having gone from there to moving to America and having way more abundance really teaches you like how to receive that. Mm. So that's really interesting. Um, something that I learned recently, well, not really recently, but after starting my money coaching business is understanding how much mindset is involved with how much money you receive. Being able to accept abundance in your life, regardless of what you've been through in your life, really helps you progress in any shape or form. So if I resolve to myself and being like, this is all that I deserve, that like living in a home, we didn't even have floors in the apartment, like in in the house. It was Mm -hmm. just like ground, It it was soil that that was our floor in the house. If I just resolved to that and said, like, this is all I deserve, that is all I would have for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And that mindset and understanding that mindset is so important to the kind of future that you build is really the crucial part. And that's really what I'm trying to do with my business. It's you can have a budget. That's wonderful. Keeping up with your budget is also wonderful. But having that mindset of like where I want to go and what I want to do is so much more powerful. They say 80% of anything that you accomplish in life is mindset over the actual things that you do. So, my goal is to really help people figure out like what is up with your mindset how do we get you past that? How do we, honestly, most of the time, it's just reframing conversations that you're having with yourself.
0: Right, right. And it's so funny, that story, I I, kind of can visually see it, you know, those floors being kind of just the dirt or the soil, but now kind of as the years have progressed on, you've been able to kind of seed, you know, or plant the seeds into that groundwork into now having this abundant mindset around, you know, money, but just in life in general. And so I love that you were able to provide and shed light on that backstory. Now, you know, now you're helping other individuals. He may have been going through that same kind of idea and that framing where this is all I deserve. This is kind of a mental barrier I have. And now you're like, I've gone through this myself. I've been able to kind of rewire this thought pattern, and you know, it doesn't just fix and it's completely gone. I can never kind of revert back to that same idea thought thought pattern again in my life, like you were mentioning earlier. But it's a continual evolution of the mindset and of the framing. And so I love how you're doing this through your coaching practice with creatives and just anyone at large in reality. And and so I, I'm kind of curious with your coaching practice. I'm sure that you. Like you mentioned, there's techniques such as like budgeting, but, you know, that's only one part of the puzzle. Like you you were speaking about the money puzzle. I'm curious, you know, what are some practices or philosophies, you know, individuals, regardless of their money personality, if they're an avoider, if they're a spender, you know, money monk, wherever they are, you know, what can they incorporate in their lives to achieve a healthy, more balanced relationship when it comes to money?
1: I think one of the most important things is understanding what you want out of life. Like what I want out of life isn't the same as what I want out of life from the person sitting next to me or the person sitting next to them. Anyone who's listening to this podcast right now, really, I know what I want to accomplish and what resonates with me. And when I put that at the front of anything that I do, it really helps me carry on. So for example, I know that I want to use my skills as a money coach to help people understand money in their lives. It drives me so much. I want to, I would do this for free. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I would, I think it's so important that it, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, what can I do today to keep that moving forward? If you have something like that in your life, it's definitely, it's so, it's so rewarding to keep
2: that going. It's,
1: it's understanding what you really want. Cause the thing is, at the end of the day, money is a tool. It's something that gets you forward to the next thing. It's something that most of us don't really think about. It's something that we take for granted because it's in our day, in our day-to-day, every day. Mm -hmm. But most of us don't understand it. And it makes such a big impact in our lives that understanding how it relates to you. And again, how fluid it is. Like that's, I think that's the most important part of it, that it is a fluid thing. You can be a money monk today. You can be a slayer tomorrow. And you can still revert to an avoider six months later. Mm-hmm. Totally possible. And understanding that it's just kind of like a fact of life, I think will make it easier for people to get through and understanding money challenges and solving money puzzles in their lives.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, I think you really hit the nail on the head looking at how money is a tool more so than it kind of being the ultimate all inclusive guiding force in your life. You know, your life is so much more, which is where I think a lot of, and and partially why I even started this podcast was really kind of to assess what is it that we really want in our relationships. And I think the most important relationship we have is that with ourselves, understanding what is it we truly want out of life? Where do we want to go with our lives? What do we want our lives to mean in the grand scheme of things? And money is the tool, like you were mentioning, to kind of feed and drive that ideal world, that ideal vision that we seek out for ourselves. And so I think for 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 individuals listening to this podcast, if you can kind of reframe your mindset around money in that way, like Olga has just so eloquently put, it really can help you, I think, break past a lot of roadblocks and mental barriers you're currently experiencing with money and can kind of really help you, like Olga was mentioning, achieve this balance, this healthy balance in terms of how you perceive money. And you know, you'll then go ahead and then move across, you know, the spectrum of the person, money personalities. You will move back and forth as experiences come and go, good and bad. You know, there'll, there'll be some moments in which you'll have some doubts maybe when it comes to money. But I think that why that, uh, what is it that you're seeking out in life? Like you were mentioning, Olga, is really going to help you kind of revert back to, okay, I can figure this out with money. You know, I've kind of moved across the spectrum, but I know kind of what my guiding pole, guiding post is, like you were mentioning with that why.
1: I'd say the most important thing to ask is instead of why is really how. If you Mm -hmm. really set on setting something and accomplishing something, instead of saying why would I do it is how would I do it? Mm -hmm. If you really want to know how to solve a problem and you ask the question, how, as opposed to focusing on the lack or the things that you don't have or the things that aren't working for you, if you ask how, your brain immediately starts to think about how do I fix this?
0: Mm. True, true, very true. I think that's something that I personally experienced where you can start with the why and then you get stuck in this limbo land of, okay, now how does this work? And you're thinking, okay, the why didn't solve everything here. You need to take it one step further like you just iterated when it comes to the how. And and I think that's such a great technique that individuals listening can kind of take. Start with why. And honestly, this could take some time. I'm not going to lie. I've gone through this myself and it It's a daunting kind of space to find yourself in trying to figure that out. But I would say to reassure everyone, and I'm sure Olga can attest to it, is, you know, take the time, really try to dig out those weeds that are in life, in your life, and trying to understand really at the core of things, what is that, why? And then once you have clarity around that, I guess, like I mentioned, you kind of get into this limbo land of now, how do I kind of act upon this? But I think once you gain that clarity, it'll just make the process even easier from there to find the how, find the way to actually manage this and then drive on forward. And then money kind of like bringing it back to what Ogle was mentioning earlier, becomes a tool to help carry you forward with that how. And, And so I think kind of on that note, when it comes to the how, I used to, and I think this kind of pertains to when I was still kind of having a lot of these roadblocks and barriers, not knowing the why, but also I think more importantly, the how. Money was often dictating a lot of my choices um, rather than it being the other way around. Like when you finally figure out the why and the how, and it kind of is a, for I guess the lack of a better word, kind of a subsidiary force, not the true primary force guiding your choices. Um, You know, how have you found yourself balancing and separating, you know, huge life decisions from your finances uh, as you've kind of gone through this kind of reframing and rewiring process?
1: I think it definitely helps seeing money as a tool. You know, it's something that helps me get to the points that I want in life, but it's not the deciding factor. For example, when it comes to my business, I know that I want to touch as many people as I can and help them transform their relationships with money. If I let the money drive my mission, it's always going to be lesser. For example, I'll take on clients that may not be ideal. Or people who truly need my help. Mm -hmm. I talk to a lot of people who can afford me. But may not necessarily need me. Mm. They may need some other type of help.
2: Mm.
1: If I wasn't honest with myself and I was just in it for the money. I'd be like, hey, yeah, I'll take their money. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's really not about the impact that I can make or anything like that. It's really just about the money. Right. When it comes to what am I doing with Brags to Riches Consulting? What am I doing with this money coaching thing? It's really helping people transform. It's helping them transform their lives, what they're doing with money in their lives. That allows me to make the most impact. Does that make sense?
0: No, no, that definitely makes sense. And, and I think it's such a wonderful job you're doing, like with your podcast, the nine minutes of creative wisdom, and that really emanates. You can tell that you have that firm sense of the why. You know, it's not for the money, it's for the actual impact with the types of individuals that truly do need that guidance that you provide with your background and your expertise and your own experience and journey of kind of working your way across, you know, back and forth on the money spectrum that individuals can kind of seek guidance out on. And so, you know, it, it's, it's super eminent in your, in your work. And I think it's such a great way to, or rather to kind of take a step back. It 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 comes as a result of figuring out the why and then the how. And then once you have that very clearly set out, you know, maybe write it down for yourself, have it up on a wall, you know, however it. However, works best for you if you're a visual person, or you just, or however, you need to reinforce those ideas. I think can really help you stay on track with those those ideas that you have finally found are what truly are your guiding forces. And so, I'm so glad that you were able to share all this information, Olga. I think for individuals, they're going to have a lot of an easier time to. Are are they'll have at least a starting point to go off of in terms of understanding their relationship to money and maybe just at life at large? What is it they truly want and how can money help them rather than hinder them in that experience? And so, what I like to do, I I know that you're probably very busy, so I want to be respectful of your time as well. At the end of each and every single one of my episodes with guests, I ask these, uh, I have this final segment called the Three Keys to Relationships, which is this segment I ask guess three questions to kind of gauge their insight on relationships. And these questions pertain to any and all relationships. So friends, family, romantic partners, business uh, colleagues, what have you. And these aren't quick fire questions either. So I'm really curious to kind of understand and have you elaborate on each of these questions. And so the first question I have is, what's your number one relationship red flag?
1: My one, number one relationship flag, that's a big one for me, actually, because I am good at avoiding relationship flags. I see them and mm-hmm. I'm like, blinders on, <laughs> let's avoid them. Honestly, I think the biggest one that for me is not following through with what you say. It's so mm-hmm. easy to talk and say all kinds of things but what do you actually do when when it's time to actually move Mm -hmm. you know like with my clients it's so easy for people to say hey I'm ready to make money changes I make to I'm ready to make changes in my life but then when it's actually time to do it are they really and for me I'd say a big relationship flag is how much does a person talk and how much do they walk their talk?
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree in, in terms of where society has gone. There's a lot more chatter going on, you know, here and here. But, you know, how much work is actually going behind that chatter that's going on?
1: Absolutely. You know, when uh, the Black Lives Matter movement started in New York City, It was kind of daunting when people were saying you should be posting this. You should be posting that on social media. For me, it's great to post on social media and say what you stand for. But it's another thing to say, like, this is what I stand behind. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to see, like, who actually stands by the words that they were trying to put out there. Right. And I think actions definitely speak louder than words. So that's why I'm def- That's definitely one of my big red flags for relationships.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. And, and so the second question I have is, what's the most kind of a converse? What's the most underrated relationship quality in your opinion?
1: Active listening skills. I think it's so easy to say, like, hey, I was listening. And I think because of the world that we live in, it's so easy to say, like, hey, here are the main points of what we should be listening to or my takeaways. But actually listening to something that's important, important takeaways and being able to move forward from that, active listening is a big one for me so many people pretend to listen. I guess it goes back to the first one.
0: <laughs> what yeah. are you
1: doing about where you're listening to?
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can be, I, I find that those, I don't want to necessarily stereotype it either, but you know, those who are talking the most aren't necessarily, you know, walking the walk or listening actively, like you were mentioning. And so it's, it's a really big shift to actually having to take a step back, understand, remember, I know it's a cliche statement. You got two ears and one mouth, you know, that's the proportion in which you should speak to hearing and listening to others, you know, when they're speaking on a, whatever topic it is, conversation you're having with them. And so I completely agree. And I think now with the, like the pandemic and everything that's been going on, it's really put, you know, at the forefront, how well are you listening to others in your, in in terms of your circles and your relationships and your businesses How well are you listening to your friends, your, you know, your, your significant other or spouse, um, you know, your, your, your business colleagues, what have you, are you truly listening and understanding what are their pain points? What is it that they actually want you to understand from those conversations you're having? And so I'm super glad you brought up that point and, you know, to kind of bring it back to money, understand like, it's a weird relationship, but like listening to kind of what your choices with money are saying about yourself. You know, I think it's just as important of a space to implement that active listening skill as much as if it's a more of an abstract kind of abstract uh, active listening kind of idea. But I think it's such an underrated skill, like you 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 mentioned. And so, and so the third and final question I have is, what would you say is your own mantra or slogan for relationship management? And so I can give a little bit of context. This podcast centers itself around the idea that we don't make relationships, but we make relationships better. So I'm kind of curious, you know, if you have a slogan or mantra, or or if you had to come up with one on the spot, what would that kind of look like?
1: I'd say go into everything with an open mind. It's so easy to go into pre-existing notions, what you want out of something, expectations. I remember reading somewhere that Misalignment of expectations is the biggest issue for relationships or any sort of misunderstanding. If you over-communicate, (laughs) over-communicate in quotation marks because that's definitely subjective. But it's better to over-communicate than have a misunderstanding of something. Mm -hmm. That's definitely my approach to things. It's We all have a different perspective on life. We all kind of work in our bubble and we're Mm -hmm. trying to meet each other halfway in the middle or somewhere in the middle. And if you go in with an open mind without any, anything that you've already set your mind on and you just go into it and want to have a good, any sort of experience outside Mm -hmm. of what you know. It's going to lead you to new experiences. I mean, that's definitely biased. I'm all for new experiences mm-hmm. and new perspectives. I don't think that's everyone's MO. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's definitely something that makes life more fruitful. Being able to be like, hey, what's your point of life? How do mm-hmm. you view this thing? And having that honest conversation without having preconceptions of like, going back to money. This is what money is. This is what emotions are. And being like, hey, let's have a conversation. Maybe just explore what it means to you. definitely goes back to my upbringing of being an immigrant, being duolingual, appreciating that there are multiple ways of viewing something and Mm -hmm. that sometimes there's different ways of communicating things and maybe ways of communicating things in different languages Mm -hmm. that may not be communicable in each language Mm -hmm. just going into something and being like hey I'm gonna see what this is all about definitely is one of my favorite things
0: yeah no I 100% agree with that and I think it's funny because as we, as we, you know, age and see more of the world, we have these preconceptions grow as a result of our experiences. Whereas, you know, at the end of the day, I, I maybe I'm just speaking for myself. We're just little kids running around and, you know, adult, what we call adult bodies. And I think one of the things is that I think we should all kind of keep running around with this childlike curiosity, of wanting to learn and understand, you know what does that mean or you know what is your perspective or you know why does why do you see something in the, in this manner versus you know being like oh that's just wrong or that's just not the way i operate or what have you and so i think having this open mind can really help you like you were saying have a much more fruitful life or at, at the very least you can understand maybe you know what i heard this out maybe it doesn't you know touch me personally but at least i gave the space to hear it out and give it a chance because if you never give it the opportunity the chance to even you know surface in your mind you may potentially miss out on something great potentially for your life and i know like before we even started this podcast you know we were chatting about like me being in california my entire life and not moving elsewhere and i think that's something that you know i myself pers- from my own personal experience definitely want to seek out and i think there's a little bit of a hesitation from my, my side of wanting to move out, but I think like you're mentioning, if I never experience it, if I'm not open to it, I may potentially be missing out on something greater, or something grander that I don't see for myself. So kind of leading with that open mind when it comes to your relationships, to you know money, you know understanding the fluidity of money in terms of how it affects your livelihood is such a great way to approach your life, and I think can kind of help elevate it to a much higher standard than you might potentially even think is possible right now and that kind of goes back to the idea of those preconceived notions like you were mentioning those can those ceilings can be completely broken if you allow yourself to have them be broken so Olga this has been so wonderful i'm so glad we were able to catch up and chat and you know really break down this taboo topic when it comes to money i think now people it's been a really tough time. And I hope that everyone's been able to, you know, get through this tough time, you know, with peace of mind, knowing how financially troubling it is for some individuals. But, you know, I hope that for individuals who are kind of reassessing their relationship to money and their money personality, you know, this conversation has been able to kind of open up their mind to, at the very least, Understanding their relationship a little bit better, as well as kind of speaking with others a little bit more openly, keeping that open mind. Um, And so, for individuals, like I will be linking Olga's uh, blog post to Money Personalities down below in the show notes or the description if you're watching the video version of this podcast. Um, But yeah, I'd love it, Olga. If, like, you know, for folks, if they're interested in working with you or any other lasting messages you have, I'd love to leave this time at the end for you to kind of share that info.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I definitely want anyone that is listening to know that it is possible to make those transformations from money personality to money personality, regardless where you are today. If you are open minded enough to make that transformation to where you want to be, it's totally possible. Nothing is impossible. Impossible is just an opinion
2: mm-hmm. anyone
1: who said you, to you that anything is impossible is just placing their emotions and preconceptions onto life onto you don't ever take any of that as a bible you can do whatever you want um i think that if you're listening to this and you feel like you can take charge of your life, that is definitely possible. If you want to check out my article on money personalities, thankfully, Shadman's going to link that in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to check out my other money tips, you can check out my blog at consulting.com. Or listen to my podcast, Nine Minutes of Creative Wisdom, where I talk to creative leaders about business, money, and a sprinkle of fun.
0: Awesome. And yeah, I will be linking all of that information down below in the show notes or description once again. So Olga, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I am really excited to see how people receive this episode because I think I may be a little bit biased in having an affinity towards the money personalities and understanding the human psychology that we're working with and how fluid it is but this has nonetheless been such a great conversation so i hope you enjoyed you know giving some tips and tricks you know from the money whisper or she was you know a little bit louder today maybe not whispering these secrets <laughs> a little bit louder but nonetheless olga this has been such a great conversation
1: thank you so much
0: thanks for tuning in to this episode everyone remember We don't make relationships, we make relationships better.